0: Welcome to episode 129 of the Bobbycast. It's uh, the weekend show. And uh, Ryan Hurd is here. And usually on the weekends, we don't bring a guest in. We have a lot of stuff that we kind of catch up on from the week. But uh, I guess this is the only one we're doing this week. Yeah. So it's two things. One, is the only episode we're doing. And then two, I feel like we know you well enough we can just bring you in and you just chill.
1: Well, I came over to the pool party, man. So I feel like I, you know, I can I can make myself at home here. And this new studio is beautiful. And uh, yeah, it's cool to get an opportunity to come. I was like one of the first guys you had on this,
0: which is what I was going to say. You know, there are two people that I kind of give credit to saying to myself, "Hey, this can be a thing," and it's you and Caitlin Smith. Because early on, I think I was still in the condo at the time. Yeah, I was like, and it was before your. I mean, you're all you've always been an artist, but it was before. You were outwardly trying to be an artist, getting you know radio, satellite, Spotify, you know all that. Sure. Before that had taken, and you were in as Ryan heard the songwriter because that's what I was doing. Right. Uh, just and then uh, yeah, here we are again. It's like come full circle. Is he the only person we've ever had back? I think. I think so you're the first yeah. one we've also had back. Well, that is very cool, man. Thank you guys. I know we've done <laughs> two with. With Lindsay. That's true, and yeah. then we did a double with Jacqueline. Yeah, I think that's it. But yeah, you know, you, yeah. Look at you—you're mm-hmm. the first person we've had back nice. that I haven't made out with. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that—not Jacqueline. She stated We did a double long yeah. one. But yeah, you're the first person. Gotcha. So look at that. I was um, driving in. I was flipping through, and I heard you on Satellite and Diamonds. It was uh, the number one song. Dude, you really know cool, what's man. really
1: cool about you is that you don't see somebody like them as like your
0: competition. No, I just like to see the artists thrive.
1: Where everybody, I feel like there's this thing where and I had to learn the hard way it's like if you try to make somebody feel special then it really what it actually accomplishes is to make everybody else mad and so it's cool to have and I know that you I think you use it more for like what's working before I run with something and that's a huge I think that's brilliant and I also it, you know it's cool to like be able to talk about a, a small success or for me it, it's the kind of the like the most successful accident I've ever had, but it's not on your platform as much. I mean, you were so supportive of it and I had so many Bobby listeners gravitate to the song, but you know, it's not, you know, on the, on the highway. So it's cool to have you like support that. And I just, that, that was such a unique moment. And I think people really liked that it was honest and there wasn't a marketing push. And I think people really do like what I do. And it's cool to be able to like turn around and say, Hey, Sony, hey, management, hey, myself, I, c- I think I can really do this. And that's.
0: it's been a, like a really cool few months with that song. I think that, one, the song is good. If the song wasn't good, really, even if they like you, no one will care. they wouldn't care. Right. Because I like a lot of people. Right. But some of the people I like don't have good songs. Some of the people I don't like have great songs. And I try to really approach it professionally all the same. Here, let me play some of that. You have that? Yeah, I was driving in and I heard it. And number one, and I was like, "Look at that! Good for him." I just like songs to be heard. I don't. I just like good things to hit good ears and hit hit good eyes. Yeah, because that's how we're all living. You know, we're all basically small punk bands at this point. Meaning, we're going to places and making relationships with fans, listeners, and. It's such a, a niche world now. You know, we're out like the punk bands of the 80s. What they would do with it, they wouldn't have fans because there really wasn't a distribution for right. them. There was like this massive distribution model of, you know, seven radio stations and three TV stations. So they had to go everywhere. And I feel like with country artists now, you have to do the Sirius, Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music. You have to do, you know, radio. But radio is such a, a macro Right. that it gets a, a bit handicapped in that they can't really go out on new artists as much because we have limited space. Now, I'm, di- I'm a bit different in the rule because I kind of came in not knowing that, so I never actually adhered to that policy. I think had I been taught the policy, it would have been different. But I didn't know the policy, so there right. wasn't a policy to me. I was just like, let me just put on what I like. Especially in country music. Yeah,
1: especially. It's like It's almost like you wait in line. It's like you, you put yourself out there and you're like, well, I got hopefully – On when like if you can't get thirty stations on your first week, like the first week of ads, yeah, and and you're a new artist, like that's that's tough. We got thirty five the first time, and and we felt pretty good about it, and then maybe maybe it was thirty two or something like that, and then it just it really didn't have the legs, and I'd gone through some business and personal stuff that made it more difficult, but like it. It's sort of like you go out there and you get your first round of research and your first round of believers and then it jumps a little bit and then you go get another round of research and another round of stations that try it out. And it, it takes almost a year, no matter who you are. And that's a, an exhausting process. And that's very unique to our format because I've watched, you know, Marin with this pop song and it's like... Boom, eight weeks. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, and
0: that's how honestly it should be sure really it should be like what's the best right now because this should be the best at the top right now sure and, and that's the ability that i think some of now again i speak from radio but i don't have the same linear mindset as radio so i'm right. in this weird position of space you know mm-hmm. i have limited space and even then i'm not supposed to be a music guy like they didn't bring me here to go hey find new music like zero percent right. of them wanted me to come on and just like new music uh, they wanted me to come and do be funny and be you know, have content that's compelling and do what you do. I didn't do any of the music stuff when I was a pop. Right. I, I didn't break artists. I don't even like where I am now in that, and I think I'm gonna stop a bit because what you said bothers me. Because what happens is, and you don't have to speak on this. What happens? What has happened? Inadvertently, I think just through competition and some people living in the same space and then moving to another, is that there there begins to be a competition to where. If entity A goes out and says, "I like this artist," well, then entity B and C and D go, "Okay, you're going to keep them in your pile." Then I'm, I'm going to hold them back, and I'm right. not going. I've seen that happen with my own Eyeballs, and it makes me just for the the larger scale go, "I don't want to be involved in this game." So if it helps the the newer artists more if I get out of the game, then I think that's what I want to do, and I think I think that's what I'm going to have to do is kind of bail out of this. Whatever this arms race has turned into, because that's almost what it's like now. It feels like
1: that a little bit, but you also sort of have to... I'm in this world right now where I have this record company who I really enjoy and I think really believe in me, but what I am trying to accomplish is very different than not the end result, but the way that we go about accomplishing the same thing is so different. And it is an arms race to them about like, they don't want to go with a song unless they have an arsenal of research and analytics behind it to show all of these people, no, this kid's different, and this song is what's going to do it for them. And which is a a hard thing for me because I'm like, I don't hear music with a spreadsheet. Right, nobody does. And it's – and and but they're not trying to – honestly, like I'm not a manager and I'm not a music – I understand this isn't supposed to be fair and it's not – I mean, this is not the music fun time. Yeah, it's not socialist good. music hour. It's, no, it's you know. the music business. Right, and you sign up for those because those people can take what you do great and multiply it by a million. And but it is it the arms race is exhausting. And as an artist, I don't mind radio tour too much. I don't like being away, but I want to do it. You know, like I want to do it and get it done and then go home, and then I want to play shows and I want to make records and that's what I. Just, I mean, that's why I stopped just writing songs for other people. But when you got to worry about, like, if I do this with this person, is this person yeah. going to get angry? And that's kind of what I ran into uh, originally. And I think part of, like, where I'm at right now is I've had some... I toured really hard for 18 months. And I opened for... A t- I learned a ton. Because I, I feel like it takes a long... Like, sometimes... Some people are very natural artists, but Maren's been doing this since she was 11. So, like, you know, I've learned a lot from her, but I've learned more from guys like thomas and guys like tyler hubbard who like you watch the way that they operate and i you know would hope to be as good as them someday at at what they do but like they are they are great at their job of being an artist and it's like the hustle and it's the look and it's the everything else but man I, i it is i feel like at this point i've had some time to step away from the road and get some more songs written, and I got this song out, which we didn't expect, which has really reacted, and then gotten like just some time to be like get my team right and get my relationship with my label like really solid, and also just like personally, like I got married. I got I feel like this is a frustrating job no matter what, and to be able to like sit back and be like, but that's not my whole life, and it can't be. Someone like Sam Hunt, that's kind of inspiring to be like. I don't know if it's the best move in the world for his career, but like to be like, you know what? I've pounded it for four years and I need a break to be a person. And I had to like really be okay with like, hey man, your music is a great thing and it's your whole life, but it's also like, like let's look at the whole thing and be really excited about it and thankful and happy about it. And I was just burnt out and I finished the year with Dustin on the road and got off of it and was like, I am. I need like counseling and I need to like take a month and not drink any beer and just like re like do my body and my head. And so then I get, and then we got married. And just it's really cool to sit here and like Sunday, July 1st, like six months in and be like, man, this is a different, this is such a fun thing that I get to do. The music part, not just my life, but the whole thing. I'm, I'm really pumped about
0: all of it. I watch your Insta story sometimes, and you'll uh, play parts of songs. I don't know if they're rough mixes that you have. I don't even know what you're playing. You're just smiling and playing a song over play the play demos. Demos, okay. So you'll write the song, and in the room that day, or maybe if it's a two-day two, two day song, you, you record the demo. So you just have them on your phone. Are those songs that you're thinking about recording, or songs that...
1: Well, the last time I did it, I played like the You Look Good demo, which is just pretty much... It's very similar to what they did. Which is the Lady A song. You're Which up. is Lady A. Yeah. And I played the Luke demo, Sunrise. and uh, But then I just, you know what? I, I do that when I get really, it's kind of a cheap way to get like my self-esteem back up. Because when I do it, like I know there's a lot of people who love what I do. I get asked about when's my album coming out by 10 people a day. Which is like, I want to have an answer for you and I don't. But I do that to like, first of all, remind people I still got some... I'm still doing stuff like if you don't think I'm if you think I quit I didn't but it's also I get so many people are just like oh my god I love that and it's just a snippet right it's just that 15 second clip of that song and um, I don't know I just it's a good way for me to like remind myself that people really do like this stuff will react if it gets out and the other half of it is like I want to remind people like no I'm I'm gonna I'm not going anywhere I want you to be excited about me and So having this little, I call it like my little miracle song, because that song (laughs) "Diamonds" is just a demo, man, that we had shined up a little bit, and we just—I didn't put it out for any other reason to just go like—I mean, you don't want it to flop, but just like, man, this is a special moment, and I'm not trying to like put a like like exploit my marriage now, but also I'm like really, I think this is something that other people would really love, and so. The Insta Story thing—I don't know. I am—I think I have the weirdest little things on Instagram that I do. I'm like, how, how did I end up doing coffee pours and playing demos over the speakers for 15 seconds? And but I don't know, man. I just really—I like react, interacting with people that way, and I like—I know I can't share music the same way that I could have if I was just a writer, where I could just put my demo on SoundCloud, which is what you know how Marin started. But I can't. I don't know. I just. I want to put out just little things here and there, so just to, for whatever reason, it either it makes me feel good or it makes other people feel just good for just to, gets them a little excited.
0: You talk about Insta Story, Instagram, to make you feel good. That's what the whole app's about. That's I mean, you. We, I mean, we're all just seeking approval with every image and sound we put up, right, Mike D? Yeah, that's what we do. That's. I mean, we all sure. just try to find I me. Mean, look at this picture of me doing something. I know it is. It is.
1: I, I think I thought about this when I was coming over here, and I was like, man, I get so many people who talk about our relationship, and they say things like goals, and I'm somehow too old for that, like, I'm too old for goals, but I'm like, there's people who, like, see what we do and what we put up, and it, I'm like, man, we have a lot of things that we have to work on really hard just to make this thing go, and I feel like it's kind of unfair to put up the hard, the easy parts, you know what I mean? Like, you're literally putting up your filtered life. Oh, it's the best of. And we put it... Well, actually, what you do, though, is different. Because you put up... You post a lot. And it's like, it's not all the great stuff. And I think that is one reason that people have, like, really... Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't have the capacity to do that much. Like, it takes me a lot to, like, like something enough to like put it on the internet and it takes a lot out of me to like a lot of brain space to be in that world but like what you do is you just you put up everything and i think that's why people have come to trust you and also like they they they're not buying into like what they see is what they get on the radio and in these podcasts and in the book and then on the internet and in your comedy show which i still have not seen and i would really like to because comedy is missing anything Oh, dude, actually, <laughs> the, the joke, so I read your first book, that's how we met, right, right. at the CMT Awards, and, and uh, I don't know what compelled me to read your book, but I was like, you know what, I'm, I'll am i hopefully meet this guy someday, it'd be nice to like at least know something about him, so I read the book, and then I got the other book, and it came in the mail this week, and then... Uh, this morning I was like, well, I the dog woke me up at like six a.m. and Maron was sleeping. I was like, I'm I'm just gonna read the start reading the book because I'm coming over here today and the, the joke, talk about your dad in the very beginning. I've read the foreword, the, everything up until chapter one. The, the the what do you call it? The most awkward joke you tell or something? Oh yeah, about my dad. Yeah yeah yeah. This is like, this is my impression of it's not to my dad and I walk off stage. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is that's funny to me. Comedy's different. That's like like putting your your music out there is sort of like you don't have to you don't have to comedy is like you have to live on this line where like this could be horrible like not it could be funny but it could be very wrong to say and you sort of like get a little bit of leeway but so many people go too far and that's like the perfect like i don't curse i don't talk about things that kids can't listen to but I'm gonna do this joke, and people are gonna go, I don't know if I can laugh at that, but they know it's funny like that that is amazing to me, you
0: know to me it's it's very isolated up there because it's just a microphone and a mouth hole, <laughs> and that's it again dude i I can't even and the hardest thing is to dig yourself out whenever it doesn't work, right, but when it works, and it's only you in your mouth hole that makes it work, and you talk about the line, you always cross the line to figure out where the line is, right. You always bomb to make it better. You don't just walk out and it goes it's a perfect joke.
1: Yeah, but it's not even. Sometimes it's like, be, like the shock value of stuff is something that like people want to figure out what they can get away with, and then you get like a Michael Richards situation. You're like, okay, man, I don't know what the line is, but I know that's yeah, right. <laughs> that's right. beyond it.
0: That's the thing. No one ever knows what the line yeah. is. Well, he should have known. That was bad. And you know what? He's probably done that many times or something similar and just didn't get recorded. Right. You know, I think the line is. Can you put it in front of somebody that's going to take it and put it out and be upset with it? Yeah People are saying vile things all the time.: Isn't it amazing what you can
1: get away with just because it's called comedy?
0: Yeah, and you know, and there's some people that think because it's comedy, you should be able to get away with more. Uh, but for me, listen, I, I know my lane. My lane is just my life. Right. I don't curse in my real life. Right. You know, so I don't, I'm like, there are times where I think about added the F-bomb, it would make the <laughs> joke a lot better. Mike D yeah. and I were talking about a joke the other day and I was like, man, if I just said the B word. <laughs> but that's not the people listening to you. It would punctuate the joke so much, but, but you're, yes. If you were on Comedy Central, yes. Yes. But
1: not in a theater with people who've grown in, like grown up listening to your show and grown up with you and they know everything you stand for and what you're about. So my point is you're not missing anything. All right. There you go. <laughs> that, isn't that the point? I'm, I don't, well, I don't care if it's. Something that is my thing or not, I'm just fascinated that you can do it. Like that to me is always like, wait, he can do that too? Because I've seen your band just at festivals, and I saw them at the Ryman, and I was like, well, that's not what I expected, and it's great, and it like people people flip out over this. and I was like, I need to, <laughs> I need to, I need to you put a jumpsuit on, dude, ki- like kicking me in the butt. Uh, and I, you guys got, I, I think it's just a cool. It's a, it's amazing that you can do all of that stuff. The thing is, I don't do any of it at an elite level. I do a lot of it pretty good. Nobody does, though. Like, all right, I'm I'm sort of the same way where I do a lot of things pretty good. Like, I have always done sports, I've done music, and I've gotten, I went to college, and I was always like really, really good at stuff, like all of it. But, like, when you have someone like, you see the people who become. the 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 greatest I don't know Michael Jackson didn't hit left handed you know what I'm saying like they kind of are this one thing that I don't know Maron's kind of a similar way too it's like the the people who are elite like iconic and the most talented are probably the most talented at that thing that they've developed pretty singularly for their entire life but that's also not true because your radio show is like it's set, like everything's centered around that right. Yeah, I think so. I think it's
0: all centered and that around one, my neurosis.
1: I think that's pretty. That's that's pretty obviously like, a, like that's not just a pretty good radio show. But
0: I wasn't. I was never the good radio show. And this is just me speaking as as frankly as I can. not I was never the good radio show until all of a sudden I was the greatest radio show. Meaning, everyone thought I sucked for ten years. No one could understand the success of the show ever, and it was like you're, you don't speak right. You're not super funny. Like, what is it about it? And until it was the greatest, it was just a pile of crap. You know, and it took me being able to prove through other ways that it was actually good, but it was never, I never had this skill that people looked at and said, oh, that's good. I mean, I think I learned through a lot of just failing and uh, figuring it out, but also I talk to people. Like, I think that's my skill. I have a skill to uh, empathize. I have a skill to have people not sympathize with me but empathize with me as well. And I think that's why I'm going to eventually run for office. Like I think that's my thing. That would be cool. I think I'm going to be the governor of Arkansas, and I think eventually I may give the president a shot. And I don't think that because I have these grandiose visions of telling people what to do. I just think I understand what it's like to go through the process, sure. to have it be really difficult. So what happened with the sports show? Oh, I had too much to, – uh, so I was for, – for those that don't know, I was doing a national sports show on about 300 stations. And I was doing that on weekends and filling in, and uh, I was on Fox Sports, and I was doing my radio show, and I was even on the road. And so what had happened too, they had offered me the, a national, like every day afternoon sports show. Moved to Los Angeles to do sports. Everybody hated the sports show except for the people that listened to it. It was odd. It was the same thing. I've never really been anywhere that I fit, but I think that's made me fit everywhere, which has been the cool thing about it. But they offered me. They gave me a couple of options. I could go do a national alternative show. I could do a national sports show. Or I could be here, which is where I wanted to be, because there had never been a country show as large as the one that I was going to create. Uh, I wasn't step into because it didn't exist yet. And so I wanted to come here. And what happened to it was, it was just I had to kind of decide right. what I want. You only have so much time. Right. I mean, I'm pretty hypocritical saying that as I'm putting out books and you know, but you really only have so much time. And uh, so that's where it was. But I'm a, you know, I'm a nerd. I'm a sports nerd. Right. And so that was a tough one. I had to make a decision. Was do I want to go pursue a professional sports broadcasting career, or do I want to come to Nashville and do this? But I just saw this as being the radio show a big part of it but i knew i could just for me it's the same thing with music it's about just getting content out there books going out on stage and, meet, and meeting people and music and all the things and i think the, the things now with artists and especially in our format we're 5 years behind because look at drake's record he just puts out scorpion it puts, what 23 tracks for this i think yeah 123 <laughs> tracks <laughs> like 20 something but what he does right is he feeds people constantly. Even when he's not putting out a record of 23 tracks, he's putting out another song. Right. Three weeks later, another song. Two weeks later, another song. That's how we like to consume it because we're all subscribed to streaming platforms. We can consume without having to pay for it every time because we're paying for it all the time. Right. Now, the pro is there's that much more music for us to listen to. The con is it becomes disposable because you go, I, I like this song. Back in the day, we spent nine bucks on a, a download of a record. Or we'll go back further. We bought a CD or who even a tape. Like we spent our money and we were gonna get our investment out of that. So we we're gonna play it all the time. Right. Take that nine ninety nine now and just you put it in a streaming platform, your investment is all you can eat buffet. Mm-hmm. So you're not just gonna eat the tomatoes for on the all you can eat buffet. You're gonna take as much of it as possible. So someone like Drake who's constantly feeding people, boom, 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 boom. That's the model. Now right. it's a difference for what record labels are because it's a money, it's a change. Sure, and you have to commit to it and spend money on that. uh what we do in the country format is let's we'll use Luke as an example. Luke will put out a record and then he'll have it and it'll go to radio and he'll tour and he's the most successful in our format right now of the contemporary artist, so right. maybe he's not the best example for people to hear and go, "Ooh, because it works for him mm-hmm. because he's the biggest, but Drake puts out a song every three weeks right and then he puts out an album as well in the middle of all this process, so. You're constantly looking for new music, there's always Drake stuff popping up. So Drake is always in your conscious. Right. On your consciousness. Always. And so I think that's where our format's missing. And it's gonna be a, there are gonna be a couple of artists that do that the right way. And it's gonna really turn the format on its ear. Sure. I don't know who that is. I still love the album. Don't get me wrong. I think concept albums are going to be the the album of the future. Meaning, this is the album I did for this exact reason, and it stands for this exact thing. Right. Not just a collection of songs. You can put out a collection of songs, one or two at a time, or three at a time, right. for every month. The collection. What's a collection of songs? Seven songs like Kanye. Right. Twenty-three songs like Drake. There really aren't rules, and I think because in our format we're adhering to these rules, uh, that's why we're getting left behind in the streaming deal because we're 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 putting our nine ninety nine in or twelve ninety nine or whatever you subscribe to, if it's Spotify or. Apple or iHeartRadio or whatever it is. Um, and we're getting our investment, but our investment's not staying with the same product, not the same songs that they used to be. Right? Does all that make sense? Yeah, and
1: I tried to do that. I think our initial plan was to put out a song a month until they told us to stop. And then we'd go to radio and take whatever was reacting there. And, and I think we just hit a wall because people love terrestrial radio so much and country music. It's still where they get their songs and like there's other discovery things, but they, it's amazing to me that people care about what single goes on the radio. If they already bought the record, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I really, really want this to be, I think it's because they want to like, they they're invested in that artist and they want to like agree with the choices and he, and everyone else to find these songs or whatever. But the streaming thing, man, it's really interesting because we talk about it every meeting with these, with record people. And it's like, it, that is their main their main frustration with it is that we, the, our market doesn't use streaming the way that the other markets do. And the other the one thing they have said is that the country music consumer in in streaming is is for the most part like they're the the paid subscriber. Where the other genres are a lot of people just using the free version of everything. So like they see a lot of
0: potential with. Our market just because the, the, our markets used to buying music still just because you're used to something doesn't mean that's the way it's going to be and that's my problem and at times I get called a bit progressive sure but when we were doing a podcast nine years ago or putting our and really highlighting our show hey you should listen to us on the internet I was you know we were called dumb like keep people listening to the radio my thing was how it's gonna be built right so when people come to it and go oh, I want to do it we're already gonna be there waiting for them mm-hmm. and so but in three years, you're going to see such a shift toward all – I mean, and all the platforms, and they're all going to get stronger by competition. For me, what for what I do, I'm with the most elite company With for what I do, which is create content. Right. Like I got lucky – I've been in my company for 13 years, but I got lucky about five years ago whenever these new bosses came in because they put all – a lot of – on talent and content. And you can go and – Hear a Ryan Hurt song in seven different places, right? You can go all the all the things we just mentioned, but you're only going to be able to hear my show with iHeartRadio. And if you like a Charlemagne the God, who's hip hop, or uh, uh, Elvis Duran, there's only, Howard Stern on Sirius. There's only one place to get that, right? And my company really highlighted that, and that's why I really love iHeartRadio. But you're going to see all these things start to splinter. Uh, it's it right now. It's really cool if you're into technology because you just don't know where it's going. And that's why it's fun, and that's why I pay attention to all these things, and I I enjoy what Sirius does, you know. I I, I like what they do with the new artists, and they right. have space to do it because they don't have they don't have to get ratings. They can play four terrible songs in a row, and it doesn't matter. That's true. There are no ratings, right? And somebody can flip off, flip back on. They subscribe. They're good. Um, we're radio, where we have we have a much bigger audience, but we can't play songs that are risky because if people turn it off, ratings go down. You don't make money back on commercials. Right. They're just different business models. I still don't think it's going anywhere. I know people have said that ever since
1: I've been, before I even had a publishing deal, people were like, ah, oh, radio's going to, it's not going to be around or it's not going to be as important. And it just seems to be getting more important. And I know that you can get music from other places and you can discover music from other places, but I just, I don't see it going anywhere. And I I might have people call me stupid for saying it, but just I've been here long enough and heard enough people for As long as I've been here, say this is going to be irrelevant, and it just keeps getting weirdly more relevant. And I think there's two things. You cannot beat free. Never. And it's readily available, and it's still in your car. And that's where people listen to the radio. And number two, they are never, you cannot shut, like federally, you cannot shut down radio waves. Because if everything, if there's a nuclear reaction or something like that, and the internet doesn't work, you still have to use AM and FM radio to communicate. It's like that's a public service, so like there's there's two reasons that you can't like get you just can't get rid of it as, if people are worried about that I think the the relevance thing is is a conversation, but I haven't seen any evidence of it slowing down too much.
0: Well for me, I don't even look at radio the same way as I did three years ago, so when I hear radio, I just think of the phone, so I guess it's just how you think about radio because I think you're talking about terrestrial from a signal yeah. from a tower radio I think a lot of that transitions a bit. But for me, I, I the radio is in my phone. And it's huh. all the things that we just talked about. Yeah. It's every kind of... Anything that'll play anything, any yep. content, any music, Like that's the radio to me. Um, so, But I mean, you look at the 70s and 80s, whenever network television... And you know, the network television is going to die. Here comes cable. Network television has to die. There are a lot more options for you. Sure. And I, I just think it's all a niche-based world. We're getting into... All these different things because there are more of them are going to have to provide a specialized service to that person. Yeah. And who can specialize the best and find that exact niche? For me, you know, I know what I do the best. It's not find music, it's not play music, it's actually create compelling content. Whatever that is, if it's this, if it's finding something that uh, in the world that I, is broken that I think we can work to fix, if it's farting, I don't know, I mean there are all these things and, you know, from that, that's, that's what I do. But it's an interesting conversation. It's one they've been having for
1: 30 years. Have you ever farted on the air?
0: Yeah, accidentally. <laughs> like where you, people could hear it? Uh, yeah, but I don't know that anyone knew because uh, I don't fart on a microphone. Right. I, I'm not, I, I don't even was, mind farting on a microphone. I mean,
1: <laughs> we're, we're getting into it, but that would be, be quite a fart.
0: Once – let me do – I'm going to come back to something in a second. But uh, about doing something on the air I shouldn't have. Let me, let me read this. Let me talk about a sleep number for a second. You've heard me talk about my sleep number and how it's improved my sleep quality and my sleep number setting is 30. Maybe you've considered a sleep number bed and you thought you couldn't afford one, but can you really afford another restless night's sleep? Oh, before you do anything, you got to go to a sleep number story and experience adjustable comfort. For a limited time only, Queen mattresses started at only $599.99. The sleep number bed lets you adjust your mattress firmness or softness on each side whenever you like. The perfect bed for couples, you can actually feel all the contours to your neck, your shoulders, your back, your hips, and for more... Spinal alignment, ooh, which helps me. At the Sleep Number Store, you can see the science behind your sleep number setting with individual fit pressure mapping technology. Nothing compares with finding your just-right comfort. My sleep number setting is a 30. My sleep IQ score last night was 92. I was in my bed last night. It was amazing. Right now, during the lowest price of the season, it's the final closeout on a Sleep Number Queen C2 mattress with adjustable comfort. In both sides, you and your partner, now only $599.99. Go to sleepnumber.com slash bones and find the store nearest you. Sleepnumber.com slash bones. There you go. Uh, Mike, how long are we into this? About 35 minutes. All right. How
1: many commercials do you do a week? Oh, 100?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Over everything? Uh Uh-huh. So here are my rules on commercials. Won't do it unless I know it. Now, I don't have to use it if someone close to me uses it and loves it. For example, I have a sleep number bed. Would not talk about it if I didn't. Um, you can go lay on it and prove me right if you wanted to. It's right down there, downstairs. I have, three, I think, I have three of them at yeah. this point. Yeah, every just about every room. Um, but that being said, like for a long time, I did not use laser hair removal. Amy did, but she loved it, and they said, "Hey, would you mind coming on this on the uh, commercials with her?" And I did it. I also understand this is a business. We're all right. You know, we're trying to make money for us, and how we make money for us, is make money for the people above us, so they can make money for the people above them. Like I get it. But at one point in my career, I finally got to go, "You know what? I'm only going to do things that I think work, that I think I believe in." And so I did laser hair removal for eight years, and then I finally did it, and it's awesome. <laughs> so yes. that was one that I didn't do, but I probably do, yeah, over a 100 commercials a week. Yeah, that's a lot. Of it's a lot. I go in for an hour before I go on the air every day. Yeah, wow. Yeah, just I mean, I have a stack of – and then liners because we're on in so many cities. Yeah. I think we're at 120 cities now. And then we're on in Canada now too, all these stations in Canada. So it's like I'm reading. I'm like going, hey, you listening to Ottawa's number one for – and then I, I read a whole page for them. And then I'm going, hey, check out Vans Auto Parts. And, you know. That's – I mean, that's the job, but – It is. It is fascinating.
1: I've gotten so into like other people's work lately and it's just little things that I am fascinated by. I'm not a details guy, but I'm like fascinated in simple stuff. Like we have this trainer that everybody uses named Aaron. And I was uh, asking her the other day about why she never isolates calves. And she's like, no, I do. And I was like, well, my other dude doesn't do it either. I was just curious if you had like a reason. She said, no, I do it like this. And I... The spray tan girl had a new spray tan gun, and I was like, why, why is this one
0: cooler than the, than the other one?
1: But I'm like, I am fascinated by other people's jobs and like what the nuts and the bolts sometimes.
0: I think most of what I do is is the nuts. People don't even see it. The easiest thing for me is to go on the air and do the show. The sure. hard The hardest thing is all the work, not even the commercials. That is, that's just me you know, reading. reading. Yeah. Um But it's all the preparation that goes into the show, you know. Like, dude, you guys,
1: the amount of like, it's different than a like a live show where you like spend a month or two like conceptualizing it, and then you rehearse it, and you do the production, and then you go play it, and it's the same every night. Like a live show is like, you gotta have something. (laughs) When that one's over, it's sort of like,
0: great job, let's do it again. Next, yeah, and if it's great. Who cares? But if it's bad, you're like, oh god, I got to get on and do something good. Right? Yeah, but that's also the beauty of it is that you get instant feedback, good or bad, and you get to move on to the next thing. I I have trouble doing. I mean, look, I have nine projects, right? And you know, right. I've got a couple TV shows going right now. I've got book press. I got the radio show, and I love all of the stuff. I, I get when I get really into doing the same thing over and over again, I start to go a little crazy. Uh, the good thing about the radio show every day is that it can be as different or the same as I want it to be. Right. So if I want to talk about you know Ryan Hurd for twenty minutes, I can, or I can farm on a microphone. It, you know, it, it really something to aspire to. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> that's the great part. I do have my walls. If I go on at five a.m., I get off at ten a.m. Right, and I've got to play this amount of commercials. But I'm lucky enough to have built to where I kind of have creative freedom. Yeah, they don't. You know, I really don't have anyone coming in. Now, if ratings went down in a lot of places, and, you know how I, how it works with me too is you can't look at one single city and go, "Wow, ratings are awesome" or "ratings are terrible" because we're on in a bunch of cities. So you sure. you, look, you have to sample size it has to be pretty good.
1: I would imagine you in Omaha. I don't know if you're on Omaha. Maybe you are. Omaha and L.A. are very different.
0: New York City and
1: yeah, I don't. New York City and Milwaukee are very different places with very
0: different people. Very different people but you can't look at one so let's say i'm in a hundred we'll use 100 as a block uh if 70 of them are up and 30 of them are down that's actually a win because yeah. i can't control up or down you know it's it's all about who is doing the rating sure it's just like when you get research you know it's, it's who gets the call to do the research right it's not always accurate but it is data sure and some data is better than no data when trying to make a decision based on data. Yeah. So that's kind of how I live my life, is that if 70 up, 30 down, that means you're pretty much going in the right direction because the bigger the sample size, the more realistic of what you're looking at. Right. So, but yeah, I do I do a ton of commercial. Here's the story I was going to tell you. Whenever I was, um, I was probably 25 or so, 26, Sarah McLaughlin was coming into the studio. Very cool. Very cool. This is back in my, when I was doing pop and, I may have just started my own syndication company around that time. Maybe had had one station on, maybe two. And I wanted to go, and I didn't, we have any engineers, like we were, we had nothing. I mean, yeah. even the equipment th- that I started to syndicate with, I had to buy myself. Like nobody was investing in any of, and I'm glad they didn't. Looking back, it was the greatest thing to ever happened to me. Right. Because I learned so much in the process of the struggle. Um, but so I'm going up and I'm, running down the hallway and I'm playing the piano on in th- to my, through my board. I'm recording it and then I'm listening back to it in my studio and running back down the hallway playing piano again making sure that it sounds good for on the air because yeah. she was playing in a room down the hall. And I'm playing and I messed up and this is recording. Now I, I said, oh, F. I was, I, <laughs> and I wasn't on the air and I was like, ah, F, F, F. And this is, I've only not been cursing for about two years. so I, I mean, listen, I was quite the potty mouth for a long time and, and eventually probably will again. But I was like, ah, Effity was playing the I messed up. I was like, Effity, <laughs> And so I go back to the studio and I was like, oh, okay. So I, I go on the air, not thinking much about it, and I say, hey, Sarah McLaughlin's about to come play. I'm not a big fan, you know. I will remember you. Right. You know, she I was like, I hope she plays that song. You know, idiot And I was going I said, Oh man. And so I hit the button to play the first part of me playing the piano. What I didn't realize was I never rewound it. So as soon as I hit it on the air, it goes effity, effity, f, and the f word just starts screaming over the air. Oh. There was no delay. This is pre Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. So I'm, I've just said the f word like six times on the air. Like that's a great, pretty good song. effity, <laughs> fitty, <F-ity>, <laughs> And so I'm like, oh my god, 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 oh my god. Nobody said a word to me.
1: Wait, but you? I mean, you've gotten in trouble, but that was not something. Nope
0: that... no one said a word. I don't think anybody heard it. I don't that's know. Amazing. Nobody has. Nothing. Man, I wish that happened. <laughs> I wish it, <laughs> Nothing. I had think about
1: that when I do like stuff like this and stuff like the highway. I'm like, I can say whatever I want.
0: And yeah. no one's going to get... But I, mm-hmm. I don't. But I'm like, I can, I can totally do And it. here you could say whatever you wanted. You could fart on the microphone. You know? I could. But you could. Maybe we will. <laughs> and on satellite, you could, but you know why the, the federal regulations? Right, exactly. Because the government totally okay. owns the airwaves. And there are obscenity rules, which really don't exist. Mm-hmm. My thesis my senior year in college as an honors graduate was the seven deadly words. It was 80-page thesis, and I had to get up and deliver it in front of um, all of the, the faculty. And it was how I think eventually radio turns into allowing all the words – and I still feel the same way I did when I was 22 and wrote this, this humongous thesis. But I used all the words. I basically cursed for, you know, 55. I was like, F? <laughs> and I believe that F, F is going to... And so, and I got the ribbon for the best thesis. Did you really? Like, yeah. Very I got an extra cool. ribbon for my graduation. Very but, cool. Yeah, but my brain, I train my brain to... The re- only reason I don't cuss, because I just think it's a sound. Like, I honestly just think a curse word is a sound. It's filler. Even larger than that, I don't associate it with anything. I don't think the F word means something dirty if you don't in your mind think it's something dirty. If somebody that didn't speak English said the F word to somebody else, it would just be like, Right. Like it's not assigned to some bad stigma only because we've assigned it to that. So I just do it because I don't want to create and have those pop up and have to then go, got to circumvent that. Right. I want to be because I know what I want to create and how I want to create it. I don't want those to even creep into my creation Right. Because then I just have to push them out, and that's that's more energy and it's that's more creativity that I'm having to waste on just getting rid of the f word. That's true. I don't even know if that makes sense. I, well,
1: yeah, it does. I, I I just think it's if I was in your spot, it would. And I my job was to talk for a living, publicly. I'd probably be like, you know what? This is probably <laughs> this is this is much more of a risk than it is worth. This is just there's too much risk here in using these words regularly to just, it's easier for me to just cut them all out.
0: Yeah. You brought something up earlier and it's something that I'm sensitive to uh, is that you brought up, you didn't want to exploit your marriage. And so the last couple times that you have been on the air, I haven't brought Marin up at all out of respect to you because I, again, I knew you before you were married to Marin right. and before, and I don't know if you ever, if you feel like you're in a lot of places, Marin's husband. Oh, I, I, always, I, I am that, and to most people, and but that's something I'm totally
1: fine but with. But meaning
0: first and foremost.
1: Well, I I just played a, a serious last week, and it's very funny how many people would walk up to me, and I would, you know, I have, have the biggest song on their station this week, and it's, they're like, I love your wife, and I'm like, me too, she's great, but I mean, I, I know that's kind of, that's part of the territory, and that's fine with me, like, I've I'm very comfortable with that,
0: like, that's... Are you? Because again, I don't bring it up out of respect. And That's nice of you. Until but you, you you, you, you brought it up last time, and you, I said, okay. Well, if you want to bring it up, I'll, I'll fo- kind of follow it a bit. I, 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 it's my life, man. I, I, I don't want. I didn't want with
1: that one specific song for people to think that I was using our wedding to somehow profit, like musically, like. But it was a really cool moment, and it was honest, and it was something that like I knew she would be okay with me sharing with people, and. That's like, we have been really uh, like open about being together and we have put like not everything about our life on the internet, but we put quite a bit out there. Like we've navigated a lot too, that maybe we don't want to put out there, but it's to- something that I, I'm like oh, way off the mic. Sorry, Mike. It's something that I'm totally comfortable with talking about. And honestly, it's, it'd be weirder for me to not talk about it just because it'd be like, it's all like, is it like a weird elephant in the room? How successful Marin is? no it's something that's really cool and it's been awesome and it's like our life is this weird world where we're both involved and both very successful in the, on music row and her as an artist and me as a new artist and a pretty successful songwriter like i don't know this we're it, it it's not something that i am in any way annoyed by or that's something that i Honestly, I, I have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun with her career, and she has a lot of fun with mine. And it's it's not something that I'm, I don't want to talk about. I love to talk about Marin. So it's nice of you to think that, and then I know why you think that. But it's also not something that I, I
0: don't want to talk
1: about. I love talking
0: about it. So what's happening with? You say people ask you all the time. For me, I don't ever ask about albums because I don't really care about albums. Like I just right. like product. Well, like give me the weed. You know what I mean.
1: I don't know, man. It it was this has been a a really weird year. I made some like changes to my team, and mostly just so Marin and I could work with the same manager. Um, So that I mean, our our lives are nuts, and her life is absolutely crazy. And managing two calendars with two teams is impossible. So when they're both doing the same thing, and we need to see each other, and so I've had to reset a little bit, but not just as an artist, as a person, and so. Part of that was like Sony coming back to me and being like, "We put out these four songs. We did our took our first shot at radio." And you know, when we reset my team, it was like they wanted to just reset everything. So they pulled my single, and that was hard. It was really
0: hard. What song was that? It's called "Love in a Bar."
1: Oh yeah, and um, "Love loving a Bar." Yeah, yeah, and I sang it just right, right? Pretty good. perfect, pretty <laughs> But like, you have to like wail it. So like, ah, yeah, you, you yeah, have yeah. to barely like get to the yeah, notes. Yeah, That's yeah. the yeah, yeah the yeah. job. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I kind of went back and they said, write more songs. And that's what I'm comfortable doing. And what I love doing is like creating. And I came here to make records. I came here to, I came to Sony to put music out and they can put out music better than I can. And it's just been a real, like a cool learning experience. And so when I said like, I have got these songs that I'm really starting to believe in and we weren't even talking about diamonds and I had the Luke song come across
0: that's, by the way, you, have, you wrote Sunrise, Sunburn, Sunset for, yeah. for Luke, yeah which by the way, when he played it on Idol, I was there, and it was the first time that I had heard that it was going to be the single, like officially, yeah and I was like, oh, that's awesome for Ryan.
1: I know these guys don't, I know, thank
0: you, it is very
1: cool for me, and uh, I've stayed relevant as a writer with Lady Annabellum and You Look Good, and now with this song this year, and I've had songs with so many artists, I'm still getting cuts with other artists, which is blown, like, really amazing to me. Because I don't write quite as much as I used to, and I'm keeping a lot of those things like reserved for me. They're all on hold for me. So getting more cuts is cool. But like I had that song, and I had Diamonds, and I walked into Sony and told Taylor, I was like, "You need to make a decision right now about these two songs because this song's on hold for Luke Bryan, and I think this song is a hit, and I'm gonna want to put it out. If not as part of a project, that I, I think I'm gonna want to put this out as a wedding song and it feels good to be right on those two things, like like Luke was not gonna let go of it and he cut it immediately and put it like kind of committed to it and really supported it and he fought to get that song on the radio. And so then I'm in this spot with my label where, you know, we've kinda of slugged through the first part of what we hoped would be a super successful launch and it didn't work out quite the way we wanted and I'd toured so much, but only on four songs, so so I'm doing 30 and sometimes 45 minutes a night. And most people don't know these songs and got pretty burnt. And then I just went and wrote. And that was really a cool time. And I wrote with the people that I really wanted to write with. And mostly with this guy that produces my stuff named Aaron S. Heiss, who's, we grew up together and he's a writer for Shane McAnally. And, uh, he wrote, we wrote, just started writing songs and, went back to the label and Taylor Lindsay's like, you know, I, I you don't have to do this, but I, the feeling that I'm getting, and if she says, if the label says the feeling I'm getting from the office means it, th- it's been said enough for her to come tell me. And she's like, they I think it would go a long way if you found like a more experienced producer to either work with or, uh, partner with Aaron. And I was like, okay, well, what? <laughs> I mean, that, I love what we do together. I'm not saying we're, we've, figured it out but like what do you want to do and I kind of came up with the idea of working with Shane McAnally and that Shane is really busy and and he wanted to do it he just didn't quite have the time when we needed him to do it and then Aaron Aaron, like we ended up reaching out to Dan Huff to record some music for me and Dan's done he's like kind of the most successful producer in Nashville that we've maybe ever had um we did like recently, like all the Kane Brown stuff and all the Brett Young stuff. And he's just an amazing, amazing guy. He really brings out the best in artists. And it took a long time to kind of get him nailed down and get the amount of songs we could do. But in the meantime, we had this Diamonds or Twine song. And I just said, Sony, I, I don't need you to, I'll pay for it. And I don't need you to take this to the radio. Just, I would love for you to release this for me. Just put it out and you don't have to do anything else just put it out and me and Janet who's our manager can like figure out what to do with it and we went to the highway and they're like sure we'd love to really like have a moment where we could talk about so I went into Stormy's studio the highway studio and two days before our wedding said I'm putting this song out tomorrow it's the song that I played for Marin when we got engaged a year ago I guess it's July 1st we got engaged July 3rd so it's kind of cool that it's number one this week over there And I put this song out and people immediately responded and then you jumped on it and blew it up and that was super validating. But in the meantime, we've had this kind of project that we've been building with Aaron and Dan Huff, which is kind of why when people like you are like, why aren't you taking this to terrestrial radio? It's like, well, it's not like we don't want to or like I don't want to like take a hit that I have even if it's not the hit I imagined I don't I don't think that generally you should just say like we're going to ignore all of this research but the fact is there's so much new stuff that we're doing that people are I'm I've never gotten to be this the artist that I'm becoming now and I feel like Diamonds is a great song but it's a moment and I don't think it's a song I want to It's not about exploiting my marriage or or whatever. It's just I feel like I've said that. And it's gotten to enough people, and people will continue to discover it and continue to use it as their first dance and stuff. But now it's like I get to release two more songs. And that's more what it's about for me is like you say it's about putting content out there. I'm truly not interested in picking a single and running it up the terrestrial charts. Like that's not the thing that makes me I want to do it and we will pick a single and we will run with it. But I'm more excited about just, I'm putting a package out out there that I believe in. And it's just two songs, but it tells a whole story. And it's, I talk about all the time and maybe you can like relate to this, but being in the tunnel, I'm like, I, there's this analogy people use. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And it's like, I'm almost through whatever this is. And I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm in the tunnel. Right, I am in. I have a vision for what I want to do, and I have the right people around me that really believe in like, in my music, in my writing, in in the fact that they like. I I just am finally getting a sense of who I am and who I can be as an artist. And it's sometimes it's as simple as walking into Randy Goodman's office and being like, I think I can be like Dirk Bentley. I think I can do Drunk on a Plane, and I think I can do Say You Do, and I think I can do I'll Be the Moon. I obviously wrote that song, but, like, that, when you put, like, when you can see the creative stuff and you can see, like, you know, like, we've already partnered with Corona and Bose and, like, these really cool ways to, like, just make things happen. And it's, we don't even have a song on the radio. And, and you, like, think about, like, going on tour and you can see the set list. But then when you can walk into the record companies office and be like this is the thing that we're seeing and you can't quite see it yet the way we can and that's fine but I want to be like this guy and you can point at it and they can totally it all kind of comes together in their mind a little bit and that's what I've been doing for six months is like being you know a better dude a husband a songwriter and now I feel like for the first time really an artist like I don't i used to say i'm a songwriter on stage and i don't say that anymore like i don't that's part of what i do but now for the first time i feel like okay like i can see what who i am not just as the dude in the room like being brood like a brooding songwriter who's always like just whatever trying to get his feelings out it's like no i can I think I can entertain people and I can make compelling art and I think I can do it in a commercial way. And that's when I think all the things start to come together and I've had to really wait and like learn how to, I'm not a, not a patient dude. Nobody is in this business. And every artist that's ever walked in here has said like, I'm ready to go. And the label's like, you're probably not. Well, this is the first time, like this is the first time. I don't know if I'm ready to go, but I just feel like I have an identity. And I feel like I'm about to have an identity. And I feel like the songs we release, people are going to go, I get it. And sonically, it's stuff that I never thought I'd get to do. And sometimes your job is to wait. And that was a really hard lesson for me to learn. And sometimes even when you think it's going to be done, and I thought we were going to record February 19th. well, we recorded May 10th, I got my final mixes back from these two songs a month and a half later that's a long time to wait when you're just kind of looking around being like, when, when do I get my next shot? And I am, I mean, I was sitting with Randy Goodman from Sony on Friday afternoon and he was like, I know you're frustrated. He's like, I'm frustrated. I've been in this business for 40 years. It's a frustrating business. It's I'm always frustrated. And it's like, well, that's part of it, but I'm not frustrated. I'm excited. And that's like, you can't, there's a lot of reasons to be excited right now. I think with our genre and with my stuff and with like Marin making her, like we're literally going through the same thing together for the first time where we're both in the middle of creating art. She's making her second album and I get to be a part of that. And I get to have time to like go on the road with her while I'm in this like hurry up and wait mode. And then, you know, like playing music for them and then being like, man, I don't know if this is it or not, but, you know, at least I get to sit there and convince them that even if this isn't the one thing you think you can break, the fact they want to put it out and the fact they want me to go back in and keep trying is like, that's all I really need as a creative person is the outlet, right? Like, I've had a number one song and a bunch of, I had seven or eight radio singles and I've had the one that kind of gets toward the top, but everybody has to have their top five that doesn't go number one. That's like a rite of passage. And then I have this other single, but like, this is a, I don't know, just having the outlet to be creative and know that like, I'm going to get to put out more stuff and I'm going to get my opportunity to win fans. And I think the more that I get to and the more people see like the things that I've been up to, whatever the timing is, it's like, man, that is a, that is a blessed place to be. And that's, kind of been my my 6 months is a little like learning how to wait being a better dude learning how to be a a, a good husband which i'm not every day like it's been there've been really difficult things to like learn how to do when you just i don't i don't know it's you're trying to make two two people like constantly driving down the same road and it's always one person wanting to go left one person wanting to go right and trying to figure out navigate that all the time but Marin's record is amazing, and I'm really excited about what I'm getting to do and For the first time, I feel like I have an identity and a lot of excitement and you've let me you've let me talk for a long time about this, but I really do appreciate it Because this is the the stuff that we sit on our back porch and talk about is like you know how is this gonna work and how am i gonna when am I gonna get my shot but i I have my shot, and i'm beyond just a, a record company it's like we've 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 made it happen in a cool way, and it's just a really it's been a fun a fun year, I think we've grown a lot, and I've grown a lot. And it's just yeah, thanks for letting me talk so much about it.
0: And with that, a little diamond twine, everybody, here on the barbecue. <laughs> the, the yeah, I this is really special, man.
1: That I can't believe that disconnected like it did, but it's really special to me. Thank you for supporting it. I mean, I know it's frustrating to like run with it on your show and then not have. Everybody else throw it on the radio, so you can continue to support it. But for whatever reason,
0: I only get I don't, was, I don't get frustrated when people don't do the thing. If I did it, I would be frustrated all the time because most things I do, people don't run with. Yeah, I just do whatever I feel I want to do, and what's what I think is, from my perspective, the the best. That's a term. Sure. I mean, who knows what the best is? We all have our different bests. But uh, yeah, no, I don't get frustrated. I just go. All I can do is the best version of me. Yeah, And I'm like, you know what, I'm really feeling this song, here it is. And a lot of times people have jumped on board, and there have been massive hits and careers, and, and most, but most times they haven't, and I still go, you know what? But I was honest with myself, I loved that. Right. The end, what's right. next or what's not? So it's good, I'm good. I still like that song, I still probably play it. That's awesome. Yeah. I, mean, I love that song
1: too. I didn't listen to it after we turned it in. I was like, that's enough. And then I heard it a couple times on the radio and heard it on your show, I was like, song sounds pretty good on the radio. Yeah, hey, look at that, I can sing. Well, listen,
0: yeah. we've, we've said it all. Look at this, Ryan Heard. back here. Whatever those, Mike. One twenty nine from one of the first episodes, to episode one twenty nine. Thank you for having me again, 120 guys. One hundred twenty episodes between us. I'll be here in uh what is that? Two hundred and
1: fifty eight.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll see you about the quarter century mark. Yeah. Pe- pencil me
1: in. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, good to see you, my friend. You too. And uh, we will see you guys next time here on the BobbyCast. Goodbye, everybody.